Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio. Audiobooks, online periodicals, and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's audible.com. Head on over to audible.com after our show this evening. And in the drop down box, enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a 30 day free trial of audible.com. That's audible.com, the sponsor of our program here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And again, welcome into Undivided episode number 37. New year, new opportunities. It's January 2nd, 2019. And to be upfront with all of you, this is a recorded show. This show is being recorded. There will be no live calls. There'll be no live interaction this evening. I decided, you know, without having a guest, having a guest the day after the New Year's holiday was a lot to ask. Having that person prepare over a holiday is something that was agreed upon that was probably not uh, the right situation for a guest or for the show. So therefore, as I did last year, I'm doing a solo program and it's a recorded program. So when it airs later this evening, I hope that you all enjoy it and will provide feedback on undivided show that's undivided SHOW at gmail.com. So now the disclaimer for tonight's program, the views of the episode of Undivided, episode number 37, New Year, New Opportunities, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank Chamaduri. I have no guest this evening. It's a solo program, or else I would have listed a guest, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So welcome, everyone, into the program. Again, Happy New Year. Happy 2019. New Year's is, on a personal note, one of my favorite holidays. I've always liked New Year's a lot uh, from childhood all the way through to my adult life. And I think the reason why I like that is because I've always been filled with hope. And I've always felt that New Year's is a time of hope. You're still in the Christmas season. You're coming through the holidays. And it's a start of something fresh. It's the start of something new. So whatever you liked, quote unquote, or didn't like, quote unquote, or whatever you were inspired by or whatever you were let down by, so to speak, in the year prior, it's a time to make amends. It's a time to look forward to opportunities instead of looking behind. But at the same time, you know, it's a way to take inventory. And as I've talked about on the Christmas program two weeks ago, it's a time to look back, but to look ahead at the same time, to take that personal inventory of what went on, breaking down, let's say you're someone that has monthly goals, or maybe you're someone that doesn't set goals, 
Maybe it's a time to go back through and, and think about the year that just passed. Think about 2018. Think about where you were a year ago now. And think about has your life changed? What has changed about that in your life? How does your life look versus how it looked a year ago? What did you do last February or last March? What did you do last spring? Did you take a summer vacation or did you catch up with old friends? How was last year compared to where you are now at your job, in your family, or in a personal relationship? These are all things that we could take inventory of. If you think about it, businesses do the same thing, whether it's a small business or a medium-sized one, or whether you work for a large corporation. There's all different ways, whether it's very, uh, very uh, almost off the cuff, you, should, you could say, a very loose type of a small business to say, say oh, you know, let's do a, a review, excuse me, of, of last year, or whether there's a tightly controlled review process in a larger corporation with forms that you have to fill out maybe online to look back at 2018 to record results or productivity or sales numbers or marketing strategies and return and investment, time and labor results, things of that nature. We do that at work. We look back and say, oh, what, it, what worked well when we did this campaign a year ago, but didn't go so well. You can do the same thing in your own life. You could have goals for each facet of your life. So we're going to talk a lot about goal setting and opportunities this evening. There's a positive energy about the new year. There's an optimism. There's that clean slate, as I mentioned before. But there are also others that feel that the new year doesn't change anything, that the quote unquote same old stuff will continue. It's almost like a defeatist attitude, or maybe it could be reality for them. They don't see their life changing. They don't see the possibilities because no one has ever informed them of those possibilities. They don't have that mindset or that outlook towards it or because they may not even know where to begin. They may not have the tools to even achieve that. So we're going to talk about energy and energetic presentation to seize new opportunities. You're going to hear me use different terms in tonight's show that I may not have used in the past. In brief, you know, my background as an ELI MP, you know, the ELI is an assessment that I've mentioned a couple times on the program in previous episodes that was named one of the top uh, five uh, assessments, excuse me, that uh, in Wall Street Journal that a business organization could provide to themselves to raise productivity. The ELI assessment is something that we would give a client, uh, an individual or a group or a business or a small business or even a division within a larger company to assess their situation. On the individual level, it assesses overall energy. So it asks a number of different questions to gauge the energy and, and the energetic presentation that people have and how they react to stress. 
positive energy, there's negative energy. I'm going to get into it briefly. It's very involved. I could spend a whole hour on just ELI alone, on just energy leadership alone. And that's something that I'd rather do a workshop at your company or your business, or I'd rather do a presentation to you or do something at a webinar or do something in a small one-on-one intimate coaching session with you versus doing it on the air. But energy leadership is all about harnessing that energy to achieve results. So we're going to talk about that tonight as well. There are blocks, you know, things from our past that drag us down. People are blocked from seeing the possibilities because of that. So we're going to talk about how to shift energy in order to change. So the sentiment about around New Year's, excuse me, is very polarizing. Some feel very optimistic about it, and others feel it will be the same old thing again in years to come. So this is our divide segment tonight, and this sets the table. How can both ends of this spectrum be balanced to harness positive energy and maintain it? So for those that have this optimism coming into the new year, very frequently they fall down off of that plat- they kind of plateau. They fall down off of that peak, sometimes very quickly, other times at some other point during the year. And others that have, you know, no real compunction to change, they say, oh, it's going to be the same old humdrum thing. We have to focus on small things, concrete steps to changes they can make in their approach. So it becomes a mindset thing at first. Those who are down on the new year, if I was coaching them, my focus would be, and any coach probably for that matter would be from a life coaching perspective, would be to focus on what is causing those feelings, whether it's one feeling or multiple things, that feeling or feelings, and remove those blocks that I was talking about before, because you have to do that before you could change someone's mindset. You can't just say to someone, well, you should feel better about that. That's not going to be a very constructive strategy. Instead, if you say, well, what is causing you to feel this way? Or why do you think this is coming up for you? We ask a a number of questions to a client, really powerful questions too, you know, when did this feeling first, you know, resonate with you? It might bring them back all the way to maybe a, a childhood memory or an event or a series of events in their lives, and you get to the root of what's causing this block, whether it's a a, a limiting belief they may have, which we've talked about on this show, whether it's an interpretation of something which is inaccurate. And we have to work on removing those blocks, which takes could take time, and then change the mindset. So there's a process. With those that are very optimistic about it, it's how to harness that energy and keep it going. You know, how do, how do you react to stress could become the, the question there that drives it. And then if they have some kind of um, alternate form of themselves, which a lot of people do, you know, when I went through the ELI myself, I was not surprised at the energy that I gave off when under normal circumstances 
and I wasn't surprised by my energy under stress because I know that when I get stressed out, I immediately go to, to a very low level, and I have a propensity, and I think we all do, of going to a, a real what they would call catabolic state where you either find yourself getting just totally fed up uh, or totally overwhelmed or totally just sick and tired of being, you know, you know, knocked around by certain people and you go to that victim mode approach. You have to work, and we all do, on how we react to situations and learn from those situations and, you know, try and become the best version of ourselves. Last year's program focused on New Year's resolutions and how people approach them. So many people have asked me how this year's show was going to be different than last year's. I talked all about New Year's resolutions, if, if you all remember it. If you don't, uh, please take a listen to that show. It's uh, distributed on iTunes. It's also on the Blog Talk radio platform. Many people give up on their goals, as I mentioned in the show open, and as I talked about at length and gave reasons why in last year's New Year's uh, special program. While others, while others, excuse me, chase those goals to their own detriment, we've seen that happen with certain people. How can these two vastly different responses be better balanced? Effective strategies is one thing. Planning, providing yourself small rewards, and not only doing that, allowing yourself to be okay with that. It sound that one particular part of this answer to this question in the divide segment seems easier than it actually is. It seems a lot easier and uh, a lot more straightforward than in reality it actually can be because some people don't allow themselves any type of reward. They, uh, fitness is a, a great example of that. Fitness and fitness-related resolutions are the number one New Year's resolution in America again this year. I saw that on the news yesterday. When you are going to the gym or you are trying some type of uh, maybe home regimen or you're working out with a personal trainer or whatever you're doing to try and get yourself into better physical shape, most people say, well, I can't go back. I can't cheat even a little because if I dip that toe in that water, so to speak, I'm going to go all the way back in. And that's the wrong approach. Most of the time, people that go so strict and so hardcore with themselves and say, well, I can't allow myself to do this. I've got to you know, grind away. They're going to fall down and they're going to it's going to get very difficult and they're going to give up on that resolution. They're going to pull the plug very early on, on that goal, providing yourself some small reward and allowing yourself to be okay with that is going to help you stick with the program, so to speak, stick with that hard work that initially will happen. That's going to get you through that first phase. What gets you through that is giving yourself a little break, giving yourself a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, with people that died, they say, well, it's my cheat day. And a lot of us have heard that expression before. It's a similar concept. But if you do something small, you know, not just like eat bad food for a day, but if you allow yourself, okay, I worked out today. uh, I worked off X number of calories I'm going to allow myself a quarter of a, of, a, of a chocolate bar or something just to get something a little sweet or if you used to eat that kind of stuff a lot. Or I'm going to allow myself a half of a soda or something. 
if you allow yourself to do that and be okay with that, you're going to stick with that, whatever regimen, whatever goal you're working on in order to keep going. You know, chasing dreams is also a very good thing, but being realistic is also important. So if you know someone that is chasing a goal and has this, you know, dream in their mind that is uh, in, in a lot of ways unrealistic, like let's say they're, you know, doing something, they say, well, you know, I'm going to be an, an Oscar winning director and they've never worked in film. Might have to have a talk with that person about, you know, amending the plan. You know, having a dream is good, but, you know, working with a coach or a counselor or a social worker or a clinician, you know, we're going to amend that goal to make changes that will ultimately deliver similar results of fulfillment or produce some kind of alternate plan. So that I'm okay, you know, maybe, as I mentioned in a previous show, you know, the person that I counseled, I want to become a doctor and they were already in their late 30s. Well, maybe a doctor isn't, you know, realistic for you because of all the schooling and all the loans and everything. Could something like a nurse practitioner or some other type of medical clinician be a better choice for you because you could get there faster and at a lot less cost, both financial and otherwise? That's what coaching will do. And let the person decide. These are the pros and cons of each choice. We're at 15 minutes into our program thereabout. You're listening to Undivided Episode 37, New Year, New Opportunities. We'll be back in a moment. Some upcoming show promotions for you. On the networks of Life Coach Radio, Replenish Me, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, Cordelia Gaffar, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday, January 9th, live at 7 p.m. on Life Coach Radio Network. Again, that's Cordelia's show, Replenish Me. A week from tonight, live, 7 p.m., Catherine Jones is her special guest. Women in Business, the Outer Sisterhood is the topic. Catherine is a very accomplished person in business. You can read all about that on the bio and the event uh, information description for the show. It seems to be a very interesting show. Uh, Check out the other uh, episodes of the series. Replenish Me has been running for a while now. Uh, You can check those out on iTunes. Audible.com is the sponsor of our program, Catholic Charities. Let's raise some money. You're a start of a new year. It's a, a dry point for a lot of charities after the Christmas holidays. If you could spare something to help those in need, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Again, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmy.com. And you can enter your zip code to donate in your local community. Or as we've said in previous shows, you can Google the poor zip code in your state and donate to them. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 37, New Year, New Opportunities. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. And we are here. This is a recorded show. It is January 2nd in the year 2019. I have to get used to saying that. And when we went to the uh, 15-minute break, uh, we were talking about people, you know, chasing dreams to their own detriment and how people could give up on goals if they don't reward themselves. Well, some people might be somewhere in the middle. And that's an important part of the divide segment, too. They see the change in the calendar as a positive thing. And somewhere inside, they feel optimism or need for change. 
So they've identified that. Yet they also have this foreboding sense that no matter what, reality, quote unquote, will return. How can this group of people be helped so that they can effectively change their reality, quote unquote? And that's an excellent question. It really is. Uh, How can we do this? Through the ELI assessment, as I mentioned before, through other tools that coaches have at their disposal and talking about energy and energetic presentation, especially coaches that went through IPEC. You know, when we went through IPEC, we are especially trained in the different levels of energy and with the ELI, it kind of went hand in hand with our other certifications and then we did a lot of work just separately on, uh, to get the ELI MP assessment, uh, uh, ELI MP certification, excuse me, in order to conduct the assessment and also to grade the assessment. Um, so I know how to administer it. I know how to look at one that's already been done and look for different things within it. And then I can also talk to people about their energetic stress re- reaction, their average level of energy. Uh, the resonating average level, their energetic presentation towards a particular task. All these things are part of where you have someone that's in the middle, you know, balancing out both situations, both the positive and negative energies that we all go through during the course of a given day, Uh, what they would call catabolic energy, which is a negative energy. Anabolic is a positive uh, energy source and shifting up with that energy under stress, um, I'm also shifting up the overall energetic presentation. And that's done through a lot of coordinated uh, techniques that is uh, with uh, working with the client, with their values assessment, and trying to connect that with the energy in which they you know, present to a particular task. I've had a couple of people in, in different uh, situations that I've been in, whether it's been you know, uh, counseling someone whether it's been through actually, you know, coaching them through some things, whether it's been at a job or whether it's been on the personal level where people have presented with different energy towards a particular situation. We would have to figure out what within their past triggered that return to reality, that type of foreboding. Uh, That's a very negative or or catabolic energy uh, reaction. You know, so we would have to figure that out. What what within their past causes this to you to feel this foreboding that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, I'm going to fall down flat on my face and reality, quote unquote, is going to be returned to me. So what's the point? And some people do approach that, you know, the calendar flips and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be the same old stuff. And we hear that expression a lot. You know, people ask someone how they're doing, oh, same old stuff, you know, the same old thing, same thing, different day. Those are common responses to people that are kind of stuck in the middle and they don't really see a point in that change. We also will uh, look at different opportunities, different situations and different people depending on on how they harness that energy. Some people I know see opportunity in every situation. They look at, you know, always look at things in a positive way or even just kind of a very neutral way. You know, you could complain to them about something 
And then they'll say to you, well, at least, you know, so-and-so, the other person in the situation, you know, did X, Y, or Z. And you're like, you know what? I never thought about that in that way. So they see opportunities in every situation, even those that cannot be, quote, unquote, fixed or changed. So let's say, you know, you know the other person in the situation and, and in coaching and then also in social work and other disciplines, the teaching is you cannot change other people. You can only change how you react to them. And that's part of the energetic stress reaction. So you can't change that. You can only change how you react to that stimuli. And, you know, even in the situations that we can't change that, they'll look for opportunities to say, you know, how could you maybe approach us differently? Or how can next time we do something different so that it's a better situation for you and you're not under so much stress and that you can just react to it in a different way. So that's how uh, coaching would, would work with, with that group and then try and, and harness their, uh, what motivates them to in different, a different task towards the task or objective that's at hand. Many people want to change in a new year, but don't know how I mentioned that earlier. What could be done to help them from a coaching perspective? This was an email question. Um, there's, many, there's many reasons why, as, as I thought about how I was going to answer this question before, there's many reasons why, you know, people feel they can't change. And it could be, yes, they, they don't know how. Like I said before, they don't even know what course of action to take. They don't have the right tools. It could be a limiting belief or interpretation. Well, you know, this happened last year, so it's going to repeat itself. Or this happened when these people were in the situation, so it's going to happen again the same way. And you could say to them, well, what's a new or different feeling you can have about that? How can we focus you in so that that's not the way that it goes this time? Because you could change your response to that. And then there's also the inner critic, which is a, you know, a block that you talk about in coaching. We all have that. An inner voice that says that you can't do it or that you're going to fail or, you know, the same thing that may have happened to you in the past is going to, going to happen again because, you know, you, you're no good or something along those lines. That's a defense mechanism. That's uh, internally in, in the psyche. There's a defense mechanism, this inner critic that, you know, intentionally holds that person back because change is risky. You know, my pastor talked about it uh, a number of times, and he did it in the homily last Sunday, going outside of our comfort zone in the new year, you know, going outside our comfort zone to help other people, but how our comfort zone is normal. That's our normal. It's comfortable to us. Change is, you know, we're all risk averse. Many people are risk averse. And change, I've talked about in this show before, you know, I go to the ice cream place and, and you know, I get vanilla. Or I go to the restaurant and I order the same thing. And my wife's like, why don't you order something different? Or why don't you order something that I don't cook at home? Because I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't want to, to do that. My normal, you know, uh, that particular dish that I get, I know they do well at this particular place. I know what to expect. And that's comfortable to me. I don't want to, you know, quote, unquote, live on the edge. You know? And then there's beliefs that limit the person and, you know, and, and change how, how to help them, you know, have a change of perception of that situation. You know, we would take their values assessment and make different connections. 
How could we change how you perceive the situation? What would your spouse or your best friend say about the same situation is a question that we'll ask a lot. And it's very interesting what the client says in response to that. What would someone on, on our team, if it's a sales team, or what would a group of people that work together, what would someone else on the customer service team or group say about that situation? You know, they would they had a very different, you know, view of it. They had a, they would have a very different response. You know, M- you know, my friend might think that you know I acted you know this way in this situation. It's very interesting. Try and change your perception. Step away from both yourself and the situation, and see it in a different way. Some people are divided because they judge a situation or another person and automatically say something like, you know, that person's kidding themselves to think they could do whatever in the new year. What advice can you give for this type of situation? Again, another email question, and I thank the listeners for these. In that situation, the advice that I would give is, it's, first of all, it's imperative to not judge others. And you know, as quick as we are all, myself included at points, apt to do that, and I have to tell myself to not do that, especially the people we're close to. We tend to you know, rush the judgment, as they say, you know, because there's history there. I had talked in a previous show about, you know, when you know someone, you've made an impression on their lives. If you work with them or you've been friends with them for a long time, you don't walk up to them and say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Frank. They know who you are. You've already made that impression. It's like you're picking up. It's like that friend you haven't talked to in a long time. You're picking up where you last left off. And that could be you haven't seen that person in two or three weeks or two or three months or two or three years. And great relationships just pick up wherever they've left off because you made that impression on each other's lives. At the same time, if you haven't heard, seen someone or heard from them in a year, and you remember what it was like the year before, and now they're saying, oh, well, this year, you know, let's say you see them on New Year's. Uh, this year, I'm going to do you know, X, Y, and Z. And you think, are they kidding? Like, they're going to move to California and become an actor, or they're going to go nationwide with a business that hasn't really succeeded in, you know, a regional sense, or they're going to, um, you know, go to Juilliard and become a singer. And they've never sung before at any level. So it's imperative first to not judge others and also to allow people to rise to the occasion. I mentioned that on our other program with, uh, in a Christmas show, as a matter of fact, two weeks ago, with the person that myself and my supervisor uh, at the time had designated to train another person uh, within our company and how that person rose to the occasion and everyone was criticizing me and this other person for appointing that person to train the new, the new salesperson and how the new salesperson became a really strong performer for the company and how the person that trained them really grew from the experience. It's important to respect, acknowledge, and validate feelings, people's feelings, their thoughts, their views, in order to live in harmony, to lift them up instead of tearing them down. So instead of saying, well, you know, that person's kidding themselves that they could do whatever it is, you know, in the new year, maybe say to them, you know, I'm really surprised that, you know, this person thinks they can do that. I'd like to know why they want to do that. 
I want to know what within them is driving them to, to do so and encourage them. And what's the harm? It's very harmful to say to that person, well, you're, you know, stupid, quote unquote, for, and you can hear people saying that you're stupid to think that you could go to Hollywood and become an actor, you know, if you take an acting lessons in your life, blah, 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 blah. You hear that very negative tone, right? That very negative message. Instead of saying to them, well, you know, if, if you really care about the person, want to protect them from criticism, are you sure you understand the risks? Are you sure you understand the fact that it's like dog eat dog out in Hollywood? Are you sure you understand it's very hard to make it even very talented people, you know, have some, you know, go through slumps and it's very, very difficult to get those types of jobs. You know, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster when I was a kid. And for a long time, that was my dream. That was my goal. You know, I was going to be, you know, the next Bob Costas was one of my idols, you know, where I was going to be the next, you know, Jim Nance. And my parents, you know, they knew I loved sports and they knew I loved, you know, broadcasting and communication and uh, doing different things to reach other people and messaging. And I thought it was fun. I thought TV was a lot of fun. But they said to them, do you realize only one person has that job at every network? Really realize one guy is on the A team, so to speak, or one guy is, is like the main broadcaster? and how difficult it's going to be to get that job, how competitive it's going to be. And, you know, I understood what they were saying. They were not saying that not to not to do it. They were saying, well, maybe you should think about doing something a little differently within broadcasting. Maybe you should think about having your own radio show or something like that uh, on a smaller level, on a smaller market, or, you know, trying something different. They didn't just say, well, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's dumb. They asked me why I wanted to do it, and I told them. And that's part of it, you know, lifting people up, saying, you know what, then you should go for it. They sent me to Marist College and had me study communications. And I realized, hey, you know what, maybe I don't want to do that with the rest of my life. Maybe I don't want to travel all over the place and follow a team or whatever it was. And you go through, I made my own decision on that. They didn't just say, well, that's dumb. That's a stupid dream. Only, you know, one or two people ever get it. You know, forget it. They let me pursue it and let me make that decision for myself. We're just past the 30-minute mark here on Undivided. We're at our midpoint of the show break. You have been listening to Undivided Episode 37, New Year, New Opportunities. It's our New Year's program. And Episode 37 will be back in a moment. But first, some upcoming show promotions here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. Harry Pritchett. That's Harry Pritchett. He has a new show airing Thursday, January the 10th at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Harry Pritchett. He's got a new series here. He's the newest uh, host to join our network Thursday, January the 10th, 7 p.m. So he's going to be airing his show on the second and fourth Thursdays in the future. That's a live show at 7 p.m. Please join us for that. Check the site for more details. Erica Wiederlight. It's Erica Wiederlight. Mondays twice a month live at 11.30 a.m., uh, that's Eastern Time, on Life Coach chat channel. So she's over on the chat channel. Erica has had a long-running series, and it took a break, as you remember, and then has been back for a couple of months now. Uh, check the website for her 2019 schedule uh, to see where our next scheduled show is. Uh, that's Erica Wiederlight, Mondays twice a month, 
live at 11.30 a.m. It's a really interesting show. And check out her website. Her website is wedelight.com. And speaking of being light to someone, which I always thought was a neat play on her last name, being the light to someone, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. If you're starting this new year, and those thoughts or feelings that you had at the holidays, maybe you're missing someone that you've lost in your life. You've lost a parent or you've lost a spouse. You've lost a boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or a longtime partner. Maybe you've, you know, lost a brother or sister. Maybe you've lost, you know, someone to divorce or someone to the end of a long-term relationship. Maybe you've lost your job and lost your way or lost your home. You don't know what to do. You're harboring thoughts of you know, doing something and harming yourself. Please call the number. You matter. Call the number, 800-273-8255. Life is precious. Every life is important. Every life is endowed by God, is created by God for a unique purpose. You have purpose in 2019. Every day is a gift. Please, it's not worth it. I, I know I've, I've been down and out. I've been through a lot of stuff. I've been through not working. I've been through being injured and not working. And I've been through a lot of things where you find yourself in a real low place. Please call the number and get help. 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America that's the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. What a terrible disease. So hard to see people that you love, you know, losing the, their abilities to, you know, remember things, uh, losing their abilities to understand situations and getting confused. Uh, 866-232-8484. That's 866-232-8484. Alzheimer's Foundation of America. www.alz is in zebra. F is in Frank. D is in dog. N is in Nancy. .org is their website. Audible.com is our sponsor, and we're back here on Undivided, Episode 37, New Year and New Opportunities. I'm your host, Frank Chamaduri, and please feel free to send me an email. I know this is a recorded show. Normally, at this point, I would open the phone lines. Excuse me. I would open the phone lines. Uh, send me an email. It's uh, Undivided Show. It's Undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. With some feedback into those and email questions, I uh, really, really greatly appreciate it. So now we're at the point of our show called Bridging the Divide. So how can we bridge the divide between those that feel that the new year will be awesome? You know, I like to say awesome a lot. Those that feel the new year will be awesome, greeting it with optimism. You know, I'm going to go get them. You know, you hear that expression. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of the gate. I'm going to come out swinging, so to speak. Insert your metaphor here. Those that feel... It will be the same old thing, quote, unquote, as we talked about earlier. Those that feel they will ultimately fail at their goals, which is a lot of people that whether they they announce that, they feel that, or they know that, or it's somewhere that inner critic or some other block or some other messaging within their psyche is telling them that, that they're going to ultimately fail. And those that have a blind commitment to a goal that's completely unrealistic which we also spoke about earlier. It ties into the earlier response, but I thought it was good to kind of put all of these 
factions together and, and bridge them. We have to meet people where they are. I've talked about that many times on this series in the past. We have to meet people where they are and build them up. Build them up rather than telling them that they're no good or telling them that their ideas are faulty or telling them that, you know, their ideas or their goals are un, are unrealistic or stupid or dumb or short-sighted, whatever, insert whatever adjective you want here. And focus on how they show up to a task. Coaching, we talk a lot about showing up. How do you show up to this task, this circumstance, or a transition in life? I do a lot of transition work with people, you know, in my full-time job. They're transitioning from college to a full-time career. They're transitioning, excuse me, from maybe high school to thinking about going to vocationary school, vocational school, excuse me. Or they're transitioning from living with family to living on their own for the first time. Or whatever is going on in their lives. They're getting married. Whatever it is. I try and help them through those transitions. Those are big life transitions that any given new year is going to present. Helping those with a goal that might be pie in the sky, as we like to say, is the, the focus on that should be keeping that positive energy. You know, as I mentioned before, you know, my parents didn't say, well, don't become a sports broadcaster, you know, for a major network. It's a stupid idea. They focused on the energy that I had. They had asked me, you know, what was really uh, compelling me to do so? Um, and I love sports. I always have. And I love watching games. I love going to games. So what a perfect job for someone that enjoys doing that. And so they use that energy to break it down in a more tangible objective. You know, have you ever thought about maybe hosting a radio show at your college, hosting a sports show? I used to uh, do broadcasts of the games uh, for the college uh, teams, for the hockey team and the basketball team and the soccer team, et cetera. And I got some really good, you know, real world experience and got to know the pluses and minuses of that. Uh, it's a pain in the neck to settle this stuff up or it's a pain in the neck to do camera for a hockey game or to be a producer for, you know, one of those live events or it was fun to do this. So I saw both sides of that. I've done that with people that say, you know, I want to take my, um, you know, small business nationwide. I want to have an office in every state. I want to have, you know, a location, or I want to have salespeople, you know, across the whole country. And I'll say to them, that's, that's great. But shouldn't you start, you know, branching out from where you are now, maybe open two or three offices and see how it goes. Or do you realize that there's, you know, some pitfalls to that by being that large, you could lose, you know, what's really great about the company or what's really great about the product or service it might become something that you can't control and it ends up, you know, not being what you want. So how do you break it down into a smaller, more tangible thing or attainable goal? Those that, you know, feel they're ultimately going to fail, you talk to them, well, why do you think you're going to fail? And that allows a coach, excuse me, to find what's really going on in their life. 
You know, I was counseling someone and, and they said, well, you know, because my parents said that I would never make it. Or my uncle told me, you know, who I live with, that, you know, I'm never going to change and that everyone in my family is a failure and I'm going to fail too, or I'm never going to graduate college or whatever it is. And you say to him, well, what's, how can we shift that energy? How can we shift it to something more positive? How can we get you back going to classes so they can basically prove these people wrong or prove to yourself that you can? Can is a very positive word. You know, my general manager and my current job will say, don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you can do. Don't tell me it can't be done. Tell me what can be done. These people say, well, I can't do that, you know, today. Well, what can you do? I can do this. And it gets them to state that objective. It's very powerful. In a very small way, it's very powerful. So that's how we bridge those divides. How can your energy level affect the approach to changes or situations we will all face in the course of a year? I alluded to this uh, just a moment ago. Let's say it's a new job, a new place to live, start or an end to a major relationship, a wellness or fitness goal, the loss of a family member or friend, relocation for a job, a spiritual goal, a new hobby. The list goes on and on. Maybe it's a relationship goal. My husband and I are going to spend more time together, or my wife and I are going to spend more time together. We're going to have a date night every month, or we're going to have a date night every week, or I'm going to lose, you know, X amount of pounds, you know, within six months, whatever it is. Low or negative energy is going to produce a like result. If you think about it, it makes sense. If you go into a situation and you're very low energy about it, you're very humdrum about it, you're very, oh, you know, woe is me about it, that's going to produce a negative result. You enter a new job and say, oh, man, you know, this is going to be terrible. I don't know why I took this job. And we all have first days like that. We get overwhelmed. We think, oh, because nothing is what we you know, think it's going to be or perceive it's going to be either on paper or in our minds. And when we get into the job, because they presented us usually with something completely different and because they're trying to sell you on the job, then you start the job and you think, oh gosh, what did I get myself into? And we've all been there. You know, I think we've all been in a situation like that, or a lot of us have. Or we move to a new place and then realize, oh, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, there was another side of town that I really don't like too much. Or I really didn't lo- don't didn't realize I really don't like that, you know, you have to drive 45 minutes to do this. I thought it was going to be closer. So we all have that in different situations in our lives. Or maybe we've relocated and now it's not what we thought it was going to be. It's, and we have a negative kind of response to that. Having a positive outlook or energy is going to yield a result that's beneficial in some way. And again, it goes back to, I'm not saying be Pollyanna and be like, oh, you always look on the bright side of life. You know, if things are rough, things are rough. But life's about pushing through those situations. It's about having an open mind 
to see the opportunity in, in every situation. You know, somebody came to me once and said, you know, I have all these advanced degrees and I'm working in a job that doesn't require any advanced degrees. This is a good example of this question and this situation. And I said to them, okay, well, that's fine, but you're in this situation for a reason. You took this job, let's say, because of the benefits it provided. Let's just say that's the reason why the person took the job. You know, let's say it had med- great medical benefits and great, you know, comprehensive dental, et cetera. So you took this piece of provide benefits for your family. Is let's say, you know, you were doing something and, you know, you were uh, at the point before that he was like a consultant. And so he, had, he didn't have his own health insurance and he was paying out of pocket. I have all these advanced degrees and I'm working this job. I said, well, what can you do to affect change on the people that you're interacting with? Because you would have never met these people. So the people that you're in this situation with, you're working this job with, how can you impact their lives in a positive way? He's like, wow, I never thought of it in that way. How can you use this situation to impact someone else's life, to get to know them, to get to know them, you know, on a personal and professional level? Let's say you're going to help, you know, review and edit some of their work. It was a writing job. So you're going to be able to help them by saying, well, in my expertise, you know, I've seen this. I like your style, but I suggest you do this. You're going to improve that person on a professional level. Your experience is going to impact and and affect change within that small area of that very big company that, you know, he was in, but it was a, it was a step down quote unquote for him. But how can you then use that to, to be positive? How can you be you know, a positive force for someone? I know someone else that works in a job that, again, was totally different than the job that they started out in after they got, uh, in this case, again, a college degree. And then they're in this situation. They say, well, why am I here? You know? Well, have you ever thought about the fact that because you're here, you might change the lives of the people you interact with. Maybe a client comes in you would have never met and you're going to help this client. You're going to interact with this client. You're going to help them to see opportunities in their lives that they never thought were possible. So each interaction and each opportunity that we will face in the given year will allow us to do that. An end of a relationship allows the beginning of something else, whether it's another relationship or whether it's something that you should do for your family or for yourself. Let's say you've been so enmeshed in a relationship. I know a person that was in a relationship for about five years and it was very toxic. And the person, you know, cut ties with everyone else in their life, in their life, excuse me, their family, their friends, everyone around them and like basically live their life for this other person who treated them not right, you know, very badly and was very um, angry and abusive. And this person was like, you know, I ended it because I couldn't live like that anymore, but now I don't know what to do because 
I had put all my eggs essentially in that basket that he was my life. And now I'm, you know, kind of wandering. Well, have you ever thought about now you can, you know, look for the opportunity to, you know, open up new relationships with the people that maybe you've cut ties with. Maybe you're supposed to do something for your parents. Maybe you're supposed to do something for your sister or brother. And the person's like, I never thought about it that way. You know, maybe it's not even something like a lot of people say, well, then do something for yourself because you're in this relationship and, you know, go fix yourself, which to some degree that's true. But the best way to fix yourself is not think about your own problems. Go out and help someone else. That makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you have worth and value. That put, gives you some kind of purpose and direction. So I like to connect people to what they can use their gifts and talents to do, and whether it's a wellness goal, whether it's a spiritual goal. You know, hey, I gave up going to church because, you know, so-and-so didn't go and I was in this relationship with them and they want to have fun on Sundays and so I blew it off. They want to have fun on Friday nights when my church used to do a Friday night program I used to be involved in. Well, then go back to the Friday night program. Go back to church on Sunday. You know, if that's something that you want to do, yeah, it is. Okay, then then let's create a plan on how you could get up early on Sunday morning, and then what are you going to do with that time? How can you rework your Sunday to be more for God, more for service of others and to others? How can positive ener- levels of energy, excuse me, sometimes have a downside? They can, you know. People think, oh, well, you know, if you're positive, even people that I went through the ELI and did some other work with on the, you know, the coaching level, you know, they felt like, oh, you, know, you have to have positive energy. Uh, you know, you have to shift everyone to this, you know, really anabolic state of mind, as we would call it. And this awesome energetic presentation, well, that's fine. But, you know, they did also tell us that too much of a good thing isn't necessarily a good thing. Too much of a positive level of energy can have a downside. Uh, One level of energy that always looks for opportunities is what we call level five energy. But the downside to it, there's always disadvantages to those levels of energy, is uh, that people analyze situations They overanalyze. They plan it too much. They get paralyzed by that. So they look at a situation and they're like, oh, this is so awesome. What can I do? What opportunity can be gained from it? Let's analyze that. And let's come up with a plan. And and because of all that, they get stuck and they end up taking no action. Other people are fixers. I'm guilty of this myself. I think a lot of men are not to be stereotypical. But I think a lot of men are. And my wife says, you always want to fix everything. You always want to fix me. You know, uh, sometimes it can't be fixed. And she's right. You know, sometimes you just want someone to listen to you. And I've had to come up with that distinction, you know, um, in different relationships. Always like, you know, with my friends and things like that, I can fix that. My colleagues at work, let me help you fix that. So some people are fixers. They're trying to always find a solution rather than just accepting the situation for what it is. Yeah, I was always running around trying to find a solution to the problem. I was going to be the white knight. I was going to save the day. A lot of men are like that, you know, stereotypically. I know, I know some women that are too, but generally speaking, you know, a lot of guys like to be like, you know, the knight in shining armor type of deal. 
And they're like, oh, you know, you're in some lousy relationship, you know, with somebody. Let me help you fix that. Or your parents are giving you grief about that. Let me help you fix that. You know, or, you know, your boss is giving you grief at a job. Let me help you fix that. You know, rather than just accepting it, try not to fix it, but accept it. And that's very hard for some people to do. Some pause, you know, it's very hard to then look at that situation and just say, you know what? I'm going to listen to the person and I'm just going to listen. And I've had people say that to me before because I've changed a lot. You know, going through the certification, life coaching really helped me do that. Instead of looking to fix it, I would just listen sometimes and just give, give people a lot of space, as we call it in coaching. You know, a lot of space. Let them just vent. Vent and clear it all out. Just get rid of it. And people have said to me into it, well, you didn't say anything. I think it's more powerful to not say something. It's in what I didn't say, but I was listening. I And I'll say to them, I heard you say this, 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 and this. What do those feelings look like for you? What do they mean to you? Because they mean something different to me. It means something very different to me. And I need to know what it means for you so that we can help you navigate so you, we can help, sometimes you can just help someone just be. You know, they have to be in it. Sometimes you have to stew in it. Like we talked about in the show with Barika Porter. Instead of just trying to solve something, instead of just trying to jump out of the boat and get yourself, you know, in with both feet into the mess and then try and get out of it, you got to live in the mess for a while. you got to live with your boots up to your knees and muck figure a way out. Some positive people also cannot relate to negative people, quote unquote, negative people. And that's part of this too. If you're a really positive person and you're, you're, you're vibing, as they say, and it's a positive vibe, man, you know, and you're doing your thing. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm a rah-rah kind of person. I run around my job. I interact with different people and family and friends and I'm a I'm a rah-rah kind of guy. You know, I'm always like, oh, you know, everything's going to be great. And we can do this. And, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that comes from my faith. I have very strong faith has been well-established and documented on this show, I'm sure. I can relate to people that are down because at, at any given point, like anyone else, I've been there. As I mentioned in the PSAs, you know, I've been down and out myself. It's part of my journey. It's part of why I want to get into coaching. And part of it also is to acknowledge and validate people wherever they are and respect where they are in the journey. We talked about that in the Christmas show and in other programs in this series. It's about meeting people where they are truly, not just saying you're going to do so. There's some organizations where they're like, oh, we'll meet you where you are. And then their actions are counter to that or contradictory to that. And that kind of uh, that kind of hypocrisy, there's really no other way to put it, will be a real turnoff to people. That type of, well, we really mean this, but we say this, is a real negative, especially in the world today with uh, social media and so many things being shared. And, you know, there's a heightened awareness of that, you know, organizationally at this point. So acknowledge and validate people wherever they are. And for, for where they are. So if they're in a negative space, don't just be like, oh, you're so negative all the time. 
or so-and-so is, is always complaining. You know, I work with somebody that, that was really down in the dumps and they were, they didn't work with me in, in the same division that I worked in. They worked in a different part of the company and I used to kind of walk through when I walked through the, the building uh, and I used to, you know, either bump into people or I used to go and see people where they worked and say hi. And I've always done that since, you know, the first job that I had. Excuse me. Um, um, I beg your pardon. Uh, so this is the first job that I had. And I would go see this person and they were very negative. They were very down about, you know, their situation. They would complain all the time uh, about elements of the job that they didn't like or things that their supervisor asked them to do that they didn't agree with or didn't want to do. And I would say to that person, you know, there comes a time where, you know, number one, work is work and you kind of have to get in line and there are all things about, you know, our jobs that we don't quote unquote like doing, but we you know have to do it as part of code of conduct or part of the job expectations uh, that have been laid out that you agreed to when you got hired. Like you knew this was it, you know, the, the company that I work for is very transparent about what you were expected to do. So if this is an expectation, it's not something onerous that they're putting on you. It's just something that now you're in this negative place because you're run down because you feel, you know, um, underappreciated is probably the best word that really summed up how this person was feeling. And it had gone on for about a year. And I said to this person, you're like, you feel this way and you're taking it out on, you know, your supervisor of the company. And they're just following, you know, the expectations for their job, which is to make sure that you're performing at a certain level. So take away the personal stuff here. You know, the, the business side of it is there's an expectation and that has to be met. And then the other side of that is I respect and understand where you're coming from. It's not right that you feel underappreciated. So what can we do to make this situation better for you? And I work with this person, you know, kind of in an unofficial way, you know, was counseling them and stopping by, you know, every few days and checking in on them and making some recommendations because I felt like, you know, this person and I knew each other for a while. And I felt very uncomfortable, like being that coach for them, I would have referred them out. But I also thought that this person would benefit, you know, because of then what I understood about their life from uh, another type of clinician. And it came to be that he took the initiative to go see someone else at a professional capacity. And I was really relieved to, to hear that. And the complaining stopped the constant complaints about, you know, whatever the situation was uh, within his family and, and the, the job and all this other stuff. And this person made really concrete changes uh, in their life and ultimately realized that the best way for them to grow is I had initially talked to them about was, was finding another job and they did. So it's being there for someone when they're in a negative space and acknowledging and validating their feelings and their thoughts. 
What is the role of coaching and energy leadership in helping people find new pathways to achieve personal objectives in the new year? So we always like to circle back, excuse me, to the role of coaching as we're just a few minutes past the top of the hour here on Undivided Episode 37, the New Year and New Opportunities program. We've talked about it throughout the show, so I'm going to briefly summarize this because we always try and do this around this point of the show before we get to our last segment to kind of tie up the Bridging the Divide segment and then move it into the last segment of our show. We talk about the role of coaching. Energy leadership, is, this is one of the first times I've really officially talked about on this show. I've talked about energy and uh, approaches and things like that and other points of the show, but you know, as far as the, the actual real concrete energy leadership concepts, it's the first time I've talked about that. Coaching can help people, and what I like to call it in, in my practice in Frank Jimmy coaching, is to unlock their true potential. And I talk about finding the key. Each one of us is a key within us to unlock that true potential. And it may sound cliche, but it's true. Um, when you unlock your true potential, you connect your strengths to an objective or set of objectives. You can set up strategies, and coaching can help you set up strategies to achieve goals in a concrete time frame. My friend that I just mentioned before, you know, in a very concrete amount of time, they made changes to their family life, their living situation, um, and their job, their, you know, which takes up a lot of, the, a lot of your time in a very short amount of time, in a very concrete way, made strides to improve their life and is now in a much more positive place. Energy leadership can identify areas of the individual and how they show up, you know, how this person was showing up, how someone on, you know, one of the teams I've worked on in past jobs, you know, I remember they would show up in a very anxious way. Uh, they used to be a cop, and there was a lot of anxiety they had from their former job. And I'm saying, hey, look, it's not like you were, you know, when you were a cop. This is a different situation. No one's going to be shooting at you, literally. You're in an office now. But I was understanding. I listened. I'm like, I can understand you feel this way. This is what we need to do. You need to, to, to get away from you being that stuck in that anxiety because you're never going to get anything done. You're going to get fired and help to uncover that source of stress. Well, what is what was that source of stress? Well, I used to walk a tough beat. It was a New York City cop. You know, how do we work through those hurdles to achieve positive results, to feel fulfilled? That's what will help you do. There are steps we can take, and we did. Okay, envision it like, you know, envision something that's positive. Vision a day with your family. And when those triggers start, go to that place. Think about it's a Sunday in your home with your wife and kids and help this person through certain things. There's all different things we can do to help you. And that's the role of coaching here is how do you show up? What's your energy towards a task? Is it this real defeatist? Well, whatever I do, I'm not going to get that goal anyway. Well, when what's an attainable goal? as we talked about on this show before, and we'll talk about in the common ground piece. What's a concrete first step? There's a, a goal setting uh, objective in coaching where you're going to, you would ask the client and I would ask the person and I've done this before. Okay. What's the absolute minimum you can do? Okay. Well, 
I could work out, you know, 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. Working out's a good example. What's the maximum you could do? I could work out, you know, 12 hours a day, which is unrealistic, or 18 hours a day, which will never happen, you know. What's an acceptable middle ground? What's a reasonable first step? And then how are we going to get you there? Okay, so if a reasonable middle ground is I'm going to work out 40 or 45 minutes a day, when are you going to do it? How are you going to get there? Are you going to join a gym? Are you going to build a gym in your home? How are you going to do these things? How are you going to start that ball rolling? That's what we would discuss. What does that entail, joining a gym? You know, what does that entail, money? You know, what's your situation? You get where I'm going. There's all different ways that we take it step by step to make sure, okay, now you're you're going to you have all the pieces in place to work out 45 minutes a day. Or you have all the pieces in place to have an hour a day to yourself to do whatever you want to do so that you could show back up to your job with a positive energy and outlook. How do we find common ground? So we're at our common ground piece. How do we find common ground between those who see a new year and new opportunities abounding? Those who do not believe that the new year changes anything, which we've talked about earlier, and those who are limited or blocked in changing their energy to approach potential situations and opportunities. So it starts with mutual respect. The messaging of society is of division. We've talked about that at length on this program. It starts with changing the dialogue to one of inclusion. It starts with not being so harshly critical of other people with our words and actions. You know, the, the Michelle Madden show, the Power of Words show from last summer, is a good example of that. If, if you didn't listen to that, take a listen to it, if you would, please. It's a really impactful, powerful show. And Michelle talks about a situation when you know, she was in education and she was an administrator at a school and she had a teacher that was chronically late when she was, I guess, the principal of the school. And instead of saying, well, you know, why you're late all the time and I'm going to dock your pay and I'm going to do this or that, she came to them and said, is everything all right? I noticed that you've had some trouble getting to work on time lately. Think of the approach, the two different approaches to that same situation. And then comes to find out that there is some things going on in the life of this teacher that are outside of their control. And instead of, you know, handing them, you know, their you-know-what, tearing their head off, it's lifting them up. Giving someone a hand up instead of being so quick to tear them down. Society wants us to be so divided. Oh, this person is this. This person is that. This person's a liberal. This person's a conservative. This person is, you know, rich. This person's poor. This person's uneducated. This person is a snob, an intellectual snob. It's all keeping us divided. We're so quick to tear each other down. Be confident in our own skin. It's another part of it, too. If we're confident in ourselves, what we can do, we can help others believe that they can do it. You know, I come into, you know, my job, my full-time job, I'm really confident in what I can do. I'm really positive that, you know what, today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You know, it's a sales job, so it's kind of rah-rah. So it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to do this today, but I'm going to help my teammates do X, Y, and Z. I know where I can help them. 
And I could talk to him and say, hey, listen, you can do this. You did it last week. Remember last Thursday when we worked together or whatever? You did this. You didn't think you could? Let's go out and replicate that. What did you do to do that? Let's, let's get it going on the right foot. We were each each other's student teacher. That's a, a coaching principle. You know, other people say to me, oh, you know, you, you work with you know, people that they are less experienced than you, but I've learned something from them. We can all learn from each other, and we can all teach each other. We're all each other's student and teacher. And the moment that we come to grips with that and humble ourselves to realize that, we'll be better connected. And we have to become more connected in those small interactions. We have to. That's how you find common ground. That's how you live in harmony. And you help others to live in harmony. And you help others to live undivided. Some show promotions before I close the program, so stay with me. I'll be closing the program off in a uh, with a flourish, as they say. Uh, some upcoming show promotions is to run them back through as we're 12 minutes past the top of the hour. And thank you for staying with me. I know we ran a little bit over. Uh, Harry Pritchett's new show Thursday, January the 10th, 7 p.m. on Life Coach Radio Network. He's going to be the second and fourth uh, Thursdays of the month on a live show from now on in 2019. So check that out. Replenish Me with Cordelia Gaffar is always a week after my show. She is the second and fourth Wednesday. I am the first and third. Uh, her uh, next show is a live show on Wednesday, January the 9th with Catherine Jones, Women in Business, The Outer Sisterhood. So if you're a woman particularly, I think that would be a very powerful show uh, to listen to. Erica Wiederlight show Mondays twice a month live at 11.30 a.m. on the Life Coach chat channel. And then Holy Shift, that's Holy Shift, like an energy shift, Barb Heenan and Leslie Pichotti on the Life Coach Radio Network. Their next live show is Wednesday, January the 16th. They're live at 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. here in the East. Holy Shift, Barb Heenan and Leslie Pichotti, excuse me. Wednesday, January 16th, live, 8 a.m. Central. 9 Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. It's a great segment to my great segue, excuse me, to my next show, which is Wednesday, January the 16th, two weeks from today. Art Maloney, Art Maloney, my special guest, the Veterans in the Workforce show. Art does some work with my county here in New Jersey, uh, placing veterans in jobs and arts of veteran himself. So it promises to be a very interesting and very powerful program that's Wednesday the 16th, Veterans of the Workforce with Art Maloney. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, www.salvationarmy.com. Uh, Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104, or www.foodforthepoor.org. MAP International, it's www.mapmap.org, 800-225-8550. That's 800 225 a550 to give to that wonderful charity. Uh, my uh, uh, practice can be found at www.frankjmaduricoaching.com. As I may have mentioned before, you could find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook, Frank J. Maduri Coaching uh, Facebook page. I'm on Twitter, at F. Maduri, M A D U R I, at F. Maduri on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter and check out some of the stuff I post on there. 
Uh, my book is also available on Amazon.com. That's Reflections of a Passion, A Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross. It can be a, a great gift for someone, or it could be a good thing for you to, to buy for yourself, especially if you're looking to make some spiritual strides in 2019. Uh, the reflections in that book, I've uh, been so humbled by the feedback it's received, and all the proceeds go to charity to aid to the church in need, a uh, charitable organization that's fully vetted that is going to help uh, persecuted Christians in Iraq and the Middle East get back to their homes here, persecuted by ISIS. So it's a good cause. The proceeds of the book 100% go to that. Uh, so please give as your means allowed to the charities that I uh, linked up tonight. And if you could check out my book, I would be greatly humbled and appreciated of, of that, appreciative of it. So again, Live undivided, meet people where they are, help people to lift them up rather than tear them down, help them in this new year. Maybe it's a new mindset for you. Hey, I'm going to you know, lift people up. I'm going to empower people. We're each each other's student and teacher. So learn from someone. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make it a point to learn from three different people today, something new. Mutual respect, changing the dialogue to one of inclusion not being so harshly critical of other people, coming at things with a positive energy rather than a negative one, believing and, and saying, hey, this is what I can do versus what I can't do today. Like my boss says to us, you know, talk about what you can do to help another person to change something within yourself. And that's how we will all live truly undivided. My thank you to the listeners that emailed in questions. My thank you to all the listeners throughout the world that have been so supportive to this program. I thank you so much. And as our first show of the new year of 2019, stay with us for some wonderful shows in the months to come, starting with my next show on January 16th, live with Art Maloney, the Veterans of the Workforce uh, Program. Excuse me. This has been Undivided Episode 37 New Year, New Opportunities. I wish you all a happy New Year and a happy 2019. I hope this show will help you to have a wonderful, positive, and blessed year. For Russ Terry, for Danica Trouble, for all my other co-hosts here at the Life Coach Radio Network, I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, wishing you all to be blessed and be well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.